Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotionals, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. As we had been talking yesterday about God making provision for us in every area. If he's called us and if he has sent us out to do his work, to fulfill his mission or our personal assignment for his purposes and for his good, then he has promised to provide us with what is necessary. We had made mention in one of our studies about the importance of understanding that in prayer is not just a question of asking God for things personally for us, things that we need, but asking him to meet the needs that are necessary in order for us to be equipped and be fully ready to do his work. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, without going into much, too much detail in the entire verse, I just want to emphasize this as to put on the whole armor of God. That means to put on the armor that God has provided for us. He knows exactly what type of armor it is. He knows exactly uh, how the weapons work. He knows exactly what type of enemy we are dealing with. So it's important for us to realize that when he says put it on, it means put it on. Just like when the scripture says put off the old man and put on the new man, he knows exactly what he is talking about. When he mentioned these things, they are for a purpose in our lives. So, if we were to look at that one scripture in particular, and we were to compare it a little bit, just simply reading some of the other things that are uh, 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 said, it, it, basically, it basically says, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the crafts of the devil. Or another translation says, take up, the, take up God's instruments of war so that you may be able to keep your position against all the, all the deceits of the evil one. Or another one says, Put on the armor that God gives so you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks. Notice the different words that are used. I like this next one. Uh, put on God's armor that you may be able to stand against the art artifice of the devil. Or, here's another one, wear the full armor of God. Wear God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's clever tricks. Uh, another translation used against the schemes of the devil. Uh, another translation uh, uses the, the word there for, for tricks and for screams. It uses the word strategies. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to take a stand against the devil's strategy. See, God knows our enemy. He knows exactly what weapons he uses. He knows how he uses them. So he has made provision. God cannot put the armor on for us. He says, you take up the armor and put it on. And all of it is a spiritual armor intended to protect the spiritual man. The physical, of course, that requires God delivering us from evil men. Or, as the Lord's Prayer says, deliver us from evil. Or, as Paul had said, God has delivered us. God will deliver us. And God is delivering us. So we have the past tense, we have the future, we have the present, meaning that he is there to help us in whatever the devil is throwing against us. Another translation says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the accuser. Now, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So he will accuse us to our own mind. He will accuse us before others. He will accuse us before God. But if we are aware of the fact that by the the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus, we have been redeemed, that God loves us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, then we begin to realize where these assaults of the enemy are coming. And once again, the Holy Spirit also in the life of Jesus, uh, especially when he had just been filled and the Holy Spirit remained upon him, led him into the desert, led him into direct confrontation with the enemy. But he provided him with the word of God that is spoken, with the word of God that was written, which he knew, and the sword of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God, to be able to stand and to be able to resist the enemy in every possible area that was necessary. So when we stop and think about that once again, God makes provision for us. It is his intent that we be fully equipped, whether it's hearing from him and him speaking to our hearts or to our minds and saying, don't go this way, go that way. Don't do this, do that. Then we are being led by him or that we perceive or see or comprehend or understand a certain thing, and we either do it or don't do it according to the direction that he's giving us, then it's important for us to understand that he is the one that is leading our lives, and he wants the best as far as he is interested for us. In Second Corinthians, in chapter 10, in verse 3 onward, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. See, it's not mighty through our clever schemes or mighty through our own personal education, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Or 1 Corinthians 10.13, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to, uh, will, not, uh, will not suffer you to uh, be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. So in all of these verses, we're looking, God is the provider for everything. It says in Romans 8, 31 and 32, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Now, freely give us all things, yes. Freely give us all things that pertain to our call, pertain to our ministry, pertain to our assignment or purpose here on this life. And it also means that he will make provision for what we need. When he taught uh, in the book of Matthew in chapter 6 about the birds of the air, uh, not sowing and reaping yet, not storing in a barn, but their Heavenly Father making provision for them. It says, are you not more important? Are, 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 are you not in a place where you are better than the birds and, and God will make provision for you? So don't fret, don't worry about what you're going to eat or where you're going to sleep or what you're going to wear. See, He'll make provision for these things. But that is not the primary thing he'll make provisions for. Remember, he has called us to fulfill a mission and a purpose here in this lifetime. We will one day give account whether we fulfilled it, entered it, started it, finished it, or did or did not do anything concerning that calling of his upon our lives. So it's important for each and every one of us to find and know exactly what it is that he has called us to do. In the book of James, in chapter 4, starting with verse 1, we are told by the apostle James something that's very important, and it has to do with prayer. It says, From where come wars and fighting amongst you? Come they not hence, even from the lust of that war in your members? You lust and you have not, you kill, you have a desire you have desire to and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. Verse number 3, James chapter 4, 3. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. So we see here that the scripture is very clear. If you continue reading uh, in verse 6 the other day, we had read, But God giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resist the proud, 
but he giveth grace to the humble. The importance of us humbling ourselves before him so he can help us in whatever is necessary that needs help. Now, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 6, verse 5, 6, and uh, onward, it says, There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. God is the one that's doing it. It's the same Lord that is in charge of all of this. Verse number 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The purpose is that everyone be blessed, that everyone be edified, that everyone be comforted, that everyone receive that portion and allotment that God has prepared for us even before the foundations of the earth. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8, it says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the self, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings, or the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Notice, God is the one that is providing all these things. It has not anything to do with our talents or our abilities but his grace that enables us and whatever we have when we come to the end of that then God picks up there and he makes it so that we're able to go above and beyond what we could have even thought and or asked in first uh, Corinthians 12:10 it says to another the workings of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another tongues and interpretations. Verse number 11, But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing severally to every man, dividing to every man severally as he wills. It's God that decides who to call and how to call them. It's God that decides what he equips them with. Therefore, we should not be looking at what everybody else has, but what has God prepared for us? If God, let's just do a hypothetical situation. If God has uh, called you to be, let's say, a plumber, then he would supply you with the necessary equipment to do the work of a plumber. But if I have my eyes set on being an electrician. I have my eyes set on being, uh, uh, let's say, a, a, a welder. Then I am looking at the wrong purpose for which I have been called. Therefore, I will be asking for the wrong tools. And God cannot give me the tools that I need because those are not the ones that are intended and meant for our lives. So if we're called to be a teacher and i'm talking uh, not, not the ministry of a teacher uh, ephesians chapter 4 uh but but i'm talking about a teacher one that teaches according to uh, chapter 12 of the book of romans uh or one that comforts or one that gives or one that has mercy then expect to find that god gives us the grace in those areas to accomplish the thing that we have been called 
And then, of course, he will, on top of that, meet the needs that we have personally for our family, whether they're financial, economical, social, uh, even physical. But we need to trust him to equip us and prepare us for the work that he has called us. Think about that next time you're praying. Consider it of asking him to wholly and totally and completely prepare you with the necessary equipment for your calling. The Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.